All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. Sorry, I emphasize the word back because it's been a couple weeks. We took a little break after our anniversary episode, yep. um, but we are back and then, in... And uh, snafu. Yes, and we, we were going to do a lock and key episode in that time, but Audacity did an update and corrupted our file, yep. um, but we're here now, so that. we are back. <laughs> uh, but we had a wonderful talk about lock and key and how uh, kind of lame this last TV show season was. <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot of us ranting about the TV show. If you like the lock and key show, maybe be glad you missed it. <laughs> yeah, I, still, I honestly still haven't even finished the last couple episodes. I don't blame you. Because <laughs> I'm just like, meh. I don't blame you. Go read the comic, even though the co- comic itself has some problematic parts, as we also talked about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was but some... But still very good. <laughs> yeah, still pretty Overall. solid. Um, but yeah, that was Lock and Key. That was the end of our uh, Halloween stuff. Um, but we're here in November. We're here in the uh, what I'll call our Spider-Man fall slash winter. Yeah, for um, real. Because we're going to be doing the uh, Spider-Man trilogy here. We're going to talk about the Raimi trilogy. I don't think we'll do an episode on the actual MCU one, because everyone's going to be talking about that. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it on like our Avengers episode or something that we do after that or whatever but yeah plus we, i mean we don't need to do a whole episode on it yeah i mean i it'll be interesting to see what that movie is yeah <laughs> i mean unless, unless we just really want to keep reading ultimate spider-man then we could do it but yeah how many issues does it run oh ultimate spider-man will never get through the whole thing i was gonna say it's got to be a lot it's it's up to issue 100 is where it finally makes the switch from peter parker to miles and even then you got a, a ways to go oh wow so yeah <laughs> it, it, it's a dense read okay um it was hands down the longest running uh, Ultimate Universe book. Gotcha. But yeah, I don't know what we're gonna be able to talk about with that movie. That looks a little ridiculous. Because <laughs> it, yeah, it's just gonna be a whole mash of just like a whole bunch of different shit happening. It does seem like a little bit of a clusterfuck. So I'm, I'm wondering what the focus will be. Yeah, it'll um, be it'll be interesting because they really got to narrow it down to like one or two villains to like you can have like Lizard be there and just like punch stuff. I was but, gonna say because if but, if you're going for a like a faux Sinister Six type deal. Like, you got to kill off or knock out half of them, like, or more than half of them within the first, like, yeah. 45 minutes. Or, or just be completely honest with yourself that some of these characters, A, need no introduction, nope. and B, need no arc. They just need to show up and be like, I'm Electro. Yeah, and if they are just there to, like, throw some punches, that's fine. Like, right. Like, we don't need everyone to have, like, a character arc in this movie. Right, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to get really bogged down, because we also have Doctor Strange who's here, who also will, does not need any kind of arc. Just no. let him be there. Yeah, just... <laughs> It already yeah. seems like he's in it a lot. Yeah, he can pop in and out. We don't need him having like whole sequences. Yeah, I'm just... It's a weird strategy they took with these MCU Spider-Man movies where not any of them really feel like a Spider-Man exactly, movie. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like maybe this one will. Maybe the trailers are just trying to hype up all the stuff people want to see. Well, now it's turned but, into fucking, oh, is it going to be all three Spider-Man movies or is it... Yeah. Yeah, because now like this whole thing is just a cash grab to like hype off like all the excitement that in like spider-verse got and all that they're and, trying to cap off and that. venom two spoilers um i'll let you pause this podcast <laughs> hit the hit the 30 second skip button that you do on all those podcasts that have commercials uh in 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 venom two the after credits scene hints that he will also be in that movie i saw yeah i heard in, about in that, that movie so if yeah. he's also going to be in it that's also going to be really bogged down that movie's just gonna be a giant sony mcu circle jerk yeah like, look bit. at all these characters well that's a, <laughs> part of what worries me too is it seems like the more i read about these mcu spider-man movies it seems like sony has a lot of very specific things that they want oh yeah which is why the movies are the way they are yeah like they're the ones who requested that uh robert downey jr be in the first one and have a huge role in it oh really 
really? And that's why, like, uh, the whole like Tony Stark and Peter Parker thing is so much of like a plot huh. because that's what Sony requested when they made the deal to bring him over. Interesting. Because they were like, well, yeah, if we have a Spider-Man movie with Robert Downey Jr. in it, that's going to sell bananas. Yeah, I mean, true. they were right, but that's yeah. why it happened that way, and that's why even in in uh, Far From Home, he's like. Tony, you were my Uncle Ben. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. They had to just pigeonhole that. Right. So what if they have Uncle Ben come back and he's like a villain? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the mo- the biggest injustice ever. He, what if he's the Green Goblin? Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> God, that'd be insane. Because <laughs> they haven't even said his name, the, the name Uncle Ben in the MCU. And the... Okay, has Willem Dafoe been like confirmed for that? It was his voice, so yeah. Okay, it was definitely his voice because obviously trailer. he's not going to come out and say anything. Um, I don't, I don't even think Willem Dafoe is on any kind of social media. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Which, thank God, like bless that man. Oh, but yeah, so we'll have to see what that ends up being. Um, it, 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 it'll be a thing. Yeah, if nothing Who else. Knows? Um, but we're here to talk about the uh, what's on the docket for today. It's not that movie because it's not out yet. Yep. Uh, we're, today we're going to be beginning our series on both Ultimate Spider-Man, the comic, and the Sam Raimi trilogy of movies. Yep. We're going to do one movie per episode. Uh, we mentioned on the anniversary we might be changing up the format of the podcast to not always include an adaptation, but... Yeah. Sam Raimi Spider Man, you were in the cut. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I was really excited to rewatch these, and Same. It, it paid off. Oh <laughs> yeah, very yeah. The first one did not disappoint. That that held up way better than I thought it. Yeah, did. and even the parts that are like weird are like oh, like hilarious weird. Exactly, and, like, and it yeah. works technically. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I completely forgot about like him spending like two minutes trying to figure out how to web shoot, <laughs> and him doing like the devil horns like rocket thing. Like it's so cheesy. Or Green Goblin just like hanging out on the roof, just leaning up. Like, what's up, Spider Man? That scene is. <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot about that scene, and that was so fucking legendary. It's like, oh, yeah. we could own this city. It's like, <laughs> look at this fucking guy. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. So yeah, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. Um, but usually the format of our podcast, and it might be changing, so don't pay too much attention to yeah. this, but if you're just joining us, usually what we'll do is we'll spend the first part of the podcast discussing what we've read for a comic book. It's kind of like a book club. We'll specify how many issues we're going to read ahead of time, and then discuss what we read in broad strokes. Um Usually giving enough of the plot where if you haven't read the book, you can at least follow along and see if it's something you would want to read. But there will usually be spoilers. Um, And then after we discuss the comic book, we'll discuss a adaptation based on the same character or team or comic or what have you. And then kind of not necessarily compare the two, but kind of see. Sometimes we'll compare the two. These two will be easy to compare. Oh, yeah. Um, But a lot of times just kind of see where that that lied and kind of a lot of times it ends up being kind of like how did this get made kind of thing where we just watch something terrible. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, not this time. Yeah. (laughs) One of those few blessed times. Yes. Where we got something good to watch. That's also (laughs) like fun to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, But what we're going to be talking about today is actually the first 15 issues of ultimate spider-man because if you've read this book you know it reads really fast mm-hmm. um it's i mean it, it does take its time like there's a lot of pages without a lot of dialogue and the art does take its time which is good it gives you oh, kind yeah. of almost like a movie like kind of like progression where not there doesn't always have to be someone talking yeah um it can just be like a film shot of like you know going down like ooh, are they gonna hold hands oh yeah. they held hands and they smiled <laughs> like that'll be a whole page oh an entire page <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, but it's but it's cool. It gives you like a good pacing where it's like things are moving slow, but also moving very quickly. Yeah. Um. So th- that's one thing that I noticed uh, really quickly when reading Marvel Ultimate. Sp- uh, <laughs> I read it off the off the cover. <laughs> I called it Marvel Ultimate Spider Man for some reason. Got to get that brand. <laughs> Marvel's <laughs> Ultimate Spider Man. In case you forgot who Spider Man is made by. <laughs> yeah. Sony, right? Yes, of course. 
But yeah, that, that's what we're going to be talking about. The uh, creative team on Ultimate Spider-Man uh, that is uh, written by uh, Brian Michael Bendis. This will actually be our second Bendis book. Uh, we had previous, previously done a Batman episode where we talked about his more recent uh, Batman universe, much yep. more recent. Um, but the uh, story is by uh, Brian Michael Bendis. It says story also by uh, Bill Jameis. I don't know how much that was uh, a part of it. I actually did not know that. Um, pencils by Mark Bagley, who is the uh, penciler for uh, a large, large, large portion of this uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. I believe I could be wrong, but almost the whole thing. Like I think there was a fill. I don't even know if there was a fill-in issue. It's crazy how much he stayed on for a book that came out so much. Mark Bagley is like always here. Damn, yeah, that, that had to be a good paycheck. Yeah, and and, and it really grows on you, his art, because I, I I think you mentioned like you didn't uh, care for it the most at first, and I felt the same way when I saw the art. But like the more I read it, the more it does grow on me. Yeah, it grew on me a lot because we talk a lot about like things we like. There's I think there's two ways to judge art. It's like how good does it look, and then like how is the actual comic book like progression? Like how well does it tell a story? Yeah, and like the second part is fan fucking tastic in this book. Like, oh yeah. It, like he, he uses art to tell a story in such a clear, precise way. Um, and nothing like too flashy or creative like a J.H. Williams or anything like that where you're like, wow, I've never seen anyone do that before. But it, it does like without you even noticing it, just tell a very concise story yeah. and show you just what you need to see to move on to the next thing and make it. That's why it's paced so well. Yeah, it's it, super sharp. Yeah, that's why it's paced so well and why you can move through the book so quickly is because he can tell a story in very few panels. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we have also um, colors by uh, Steve uh, Buccoletto and letters by uh, Richard Starkey and comic craft it says uh but the arc um the first arc is kind of all about it's it, it'll have a lot of these similar uh kind of story beats of um the spider-man movie which is intentional that's what the spider-man movie followed off of because ultimate spider-man was so popular yeah um, yeah i was surprised how many like almost and i mean not like cut and paste but like um, like almost heavily kind of similarities between like this and the Raimi film yeah it, it, Spider-Man 1 certainly I mean Spider-Man 2 has some things that I noticed are still in here yeah it, not I'm, the most but some definitely yeah I'm pretty far I'm like already into like the 20s and Doc Ock is very different in the comic than he is like in yeah Raimi's. like the origin is a little similar like like the way his, he moves but like yeah, yeah. and like the, the scene with the arms and the doctors is like oh yeah Raimi took that one and for that's sure. one of the best scenes in that movie. yeah exactly <laughs> so there's like little things but it is very clearly different it's oh, only yeah. this like first like uh, the origin of Spider-Man that they pretty much took straight from Ultimate. Yep. Because um, it starts out kind of just like we saw in the uh, the movie where he goes and gets bit by the spider, goes to like be a wrestler, and then um, yep. we, we know where it goes from there. Yeah. The This is the Ultimate Universe, though, which I should call out before we get too far. Um, it's not... I mean, when you're reading this, you don't. You could read this and easily not even know what the Ultimate Universe is, and it oh, would yeah. just be fine. Oh, definitely. Like, this, this comic doesn't really touch on the weirdness of the ultimate universe too much like you don't go and talk to like iron man and captain america too often yeah um it's very much a condensed yeah, they're hardly even mentioned yeah barely ever yeah. and if it is it's just like yo you're like the avengers or like you you look like a mutant or yeah like usually the really the only one that gets referenced is daredevil yeah and then they talk about some guy with like a, a skull on his shirt which i'm assuming is punisher yeah and, and they like, mention mutants a few times yeah they bring um, up mutants for sure um but it's always just very broad like yeah you know who they are let's move on yeah i like that kind of thing it's the Thing, like that acknowledges the ultimate universe which is good because i'm not a big fan of the ultimate universe yeah and that's why for the longest time i never read this book because okay. i was like and eh, i still want to get into all that that feels like a whole bucket of worms yeah yeah but it's really not you can really just read spider-man and not interact with the rest of all of it at all okay in fact i it's sad to say but i actually stopped reading ultimate spider-man around issue 50 
because around issue 50 is where like it's they, they start to have more and more stories that aren't just about peter and it's like peter teams up with the x-men oh you know, okay. peter is you know on its mission with the avengers or nick fury's mad at him for something that happened yeah, in another where they're book. trying to branch out yeah exactly it's trying to be more of like because they were trying to use the popular popularity of ultimate spider-man exactly, to yeah. get those other books to be like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's pop in these guys just to remind people did they're you know, out there did you know the ultimate x-men book is still running <laughs> <laughs> check it out but yeah so i mean i would recommend at least the first 50 issues is very very self-contained so you're fine going into this um the story beats uh like i said follow the only the one thing that is different i would say than the, your typical spider-man story i would say is the uh where we start with mary jane yeah um gwen stacy is also very different yep um but yeah gwen stacy's been interesting uh yeah as far as i've gotten at least oh just wait till you get to the venom stuff it's fucked up oh really oh yeah <laughs> um but the the way we start with Gwen Stacy is different because it starts out less with her being like this like in the, in the comics it's very much she starts out as like the successful popular actress who Peter's like in it way over his head with yeah um, whereas this it's more like a childhood friend like that he's actually grown up with his whole life and oh no you meant Mary Jane. Or is that what you said Gwen. Oh, did I? I meant Mary Jane. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's like, like Mary Jane is like his childhood best friend, and they're like in, inseparable pretty much. Yeah, it starts out with them like throughout the first like uh, arc or two at least with them as just friends. Um, but it is kind of like a slightly different origin. But does it? It, 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 it involves her more in the story more often, which I do appreciate. Definitely, yeah. Especially once she gets like once Peter tells her what. Yeah, up. that that and that happens very early, which I was pretty early. For. Yeah, yeah. That's like issue like. Uh, 13 or 14 yeah like, because it, it had gotten to a point where there were way too many plot points where it was like a few pages dedicated to peter like trying to sneak in or like avoiding things with mary jane it was just like can we just get past this that's what i was uh, <laughs> very happy for is like they don't they do play that up like there's like oh they their first date he missed it because he's spider-man and yeah oh no is this gonna be like a whole like 90210 thing exactly <laughs> but no they, it's, it's very like the 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 they actually act like people who like each other and yeah. want to like you know date each other. So it's not Peter's not like blowing him off like an absolute asshole like yeah. every issue. Yeah, uh, like he actually goes there. He's like, no, I got to tell you the truth. Like, here's what's going on. So it's like they actually like. It's like a horror movie when you have sat- satisfying characters who make smart decisions. Yeah, yeah. But that for like a high school drama. Yeah. It's like they're making mature decisions. I'm like, oh, thank you. That's such a relief. <laughs> That's really nice for me. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it, is, it is really well played. And it actually makes me appreciate the uh, the romance story uh, because of how it's paced. Definitely, yeah. They do really uh, go and fast forward with the Green Goblin stuff, though. Oh, yeah. Because they had a way to put the genie back in the bottle, which I don't know if you've gotten to yet, where Norman comes back. Like as um, Norman? You'll see. The last I I, last I've seen was where like he got tossed off the bridge into the water. That's what I figured. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like that part, with, uh, that's in the arc we're talking about this week. Like, he gets like the yeah. Green Goblin gets like tossed into the river, uh, like falling off a building, and then that's like the last we see him for, uh, of him for a yeah, while. Yeah, it shows like bubbles on the water, and it's yeah. like, oh, is he dead? Yeah, Bendis was smart because he played that up to have a very exciting first couple. Like, like the first like eight issues are all like, holy shit, we're right in this right oh, away. Yeah. Like things are serious. Yeah, it's like literally just a throwdown with the Goblin like at the school. Yeah, and, like yeah. half the school gets destroyed. It's like fuck this. And is then early. immediately like uh, Harry's mom gets killed by green goblin yeah. Green goblin immediately goes and captures mary jane because he immediately knows it's peter parker yeah exactly like, there's no there's no secret there ever like he knows from the beginning yeah and that's who he's after immediately so it's instantly like pedal to the metal yeah because i that's in uh, it's kind of good to know that norman shows up again because 
uh, like that was one thing that surprised me is how early they just had Norman be like, nah, fuck it. Like I'm Green Goblin now. Yeah. Like they they spent no time on him being like, oh, well, do I do it or not? No, the, the, I'll, I mean, without spoiling too much, both Norman and the Green Goblin do come back at some point. It's very well played. I figured at least one of them was going to. Yeah. That, that's one thing. Well, now, I don't know how that's going to work with Harry, though, because Harry's completely traumatized. Yep. It's like, my dad's trying to kill me, man. Oh, He's trying yeah. to kill me. That, that's a big part of it. <laughs> but that's one thing this run does really well is they don't pull any punches. Like, Bendis in this book told the story he wanted to... It's almost like he's he was afraid the book was could get canceled at any issue. Oh, yeah. Even though it never would have. Yeah. But it, he's telling a story as if that were... Like, any issue could be the final one of this. Like, he's going, like, full... Like uh, like like I said, pedal to the metal with this, and 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 the reason he can do that is because he has plans in the long run to pull these characters back into the story. Yeah, yeah. So he's not just like putting them out for the count and you know wasting all of his great characters. He has long term plans for them that Peter Parker can win now. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, he's not completely cutting strings. Like they're still on the board. Precisely. Um, the the only couple negative things I have to say about this book is sometimes I don't know if Brian Michael Bendis is as funny as he thinks he is. <laughs> <laughs> Like his his Spider Man quips, I'm like, come on, man! He's telling like literal yo mama jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's definitely, I feel like, partly a '90s thing, and him, oh, it, it him is trying pro- to be like, hmm, what what is like a kid's or a teenager's humor like in the '90s? Oh, absolutely, it is. It's yeah. totally dated, but also I can tell you that Bendis still writes that way because <laughs> he he has a recent run because he writes for DC now of yeah. uh, Young Avengers where he writes. It's like a team of like teenagers. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same shit. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which is, I mean that's. that's it's endearing sometimes. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, he's an old man writing uh, comic books, but he's oh, a, yeah. like, it's it's not gonna happen naturally. But it's also <laughs> like, it's fine. But I do notice it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what I do like is, um, too, with the pacing, is since we're kind of talking about the first and second arcs here, the first arc very much has Peter come out on top. Um, it's not all due to him. Like, he does kind of get lucky in some spots, but he's pretty much completely victorious. Oh, yeah. Um, at least in his personal life, other than, you know, all the obvious shit that happened that was bad, um, like Uncle Ben and whatnot. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, as far as Green Goblin goes... Pretty pretty easy win. Knock that one out, yeah. Yeah. So after that, once he's Spider Man now, he's feeling pretty confident. Like there's even a really good issue, like right when uh, one of my favorite parts in the book, like right when uh, Peter Parker like becomes Spider Man for real. Like there's a whole full page spread about him, kind of like I'm, I, I understand what Ben told me there. Like I, my yeah. purpose is very. Like, clear. I came in this initially like half cocked, like but, like super cocky about it. Yep. Like and he's like, I've never been more sure about what my role in the world is. It's like, oh, that's such a good page. I know, right? Um, and so it leads into him like you're going like right into this kingpin story. Like, all right, here's full on Spider Man. He's gonna be a beast. Yeah. For the most part, he is. He's very good at what he does. And oh he's yeah. Very confident. Yep. But what I like about this second arc is he does kind of get like a sophomore slump like he gets just get the, the snot beat out of him right away and it kind of humbles him a little bit yeah he almost gets like basically killed by he could have been by, killed by, yeah yes. if he wouldn't have woke up half he get tossed out fist tower and like almost died yeah because he goes straight to fist's office after kind of like a which is a pretty dumb move which he acknowledges which is <laughs> which is it makes sense because this is more of like a daredevil thing to do where just, yeah. he's smarter and more experienced and kind of knows how to stay alive whereas yeah. this is a kid yeah he's a cocky kid thinking he could just stroll thinking in and he can just be like a fucking detective on day one yeah. and just walk right into the kingpin's apartment yeah, yeah. And so it's a really good humbling moment where he goes in there and the Kingpin's like, no, like you might be Spider-Man, but I've planned for shit like this. Electro. It's like, oh shit, you have Electro? <laughs> yeah, it just pulls him out of his back pocket. Yeah, so it's like, no, like they have plans for this shit. Um, and it's, yeah, a really good a really good arc of just like Peter Parker being in over his head and uh, kind of trying to get over that. And like he does actually get unmasked. 
But yeah. like it's a thing where it's like he's just a random high school kid, so they don't know who he is. He's yeah, they, they don't even t- they don't even really bother. He's They're lucky like, they didn't take a picture. Oh yeah, well <laughs> they it, he. I mean, if we want to get to that, but like they obviously have the security cameras, and they kind of spend a little too much. They basically spend a whole issue on like Peter like getting in contact with the company that makes fist security that, they thought that was really clever <laughs> I, like, it was cool but like you could have done that in like four pages dude. yeah like we didn't need it was almost like an entire issue it well, yeah where it's like i'm sending an email to the security company i'm like come on man <laughs> and then there's literally like three pages of him watching like a a, a commercial or like a, of an explainer video of their system like on his computer they're like here at this security systems like this is how they yeah, work. that was a filler it's issue like, and then they, they laser them onto cds and it's like oh wow <laughs> yeah, great. Like, I'm fine with issues that don't really go anywhere if you're giving us an important part of the plot. Yeah. Like, there's a whole issue that's just Peter and Mary Jane talking in their bedroom, and it's actually a really good issue. <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of good, like, context and, like, character building, but this is just something that's going to be thrown away at the end of this issue. Right, Once exactly. he gets those CDs back. <laughs> it, 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 they thought it was, I think, like, Bendis thought it was going to be this cool, like, investigation montage yeah. of, like, oh, he's doing the work. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of coming off as too easy, I think. <laughs> oh, definitely. And just a little boring. Yeah. Um, but we get there eventually. Yeah. Um, it, it, it does come back with him kind of like taking it to Electro and, and winning in the end, but he does learn a lot of lessons. And then we do get that issue where, uh, he comes out to uh, Mary Jane as Spider-Man. And, uh, that's the issue I said where he's like in his room with her just talking the entire time. How did you, how do you feel about Electro's design? Uh, not my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. Not my favorite. I, I will say that. Uh, but he's, he's not big in this uh ultimate spider-man I guess yeah I, I was gonna say he gets like taken care of pretty quickly yeah I mean, there's some spider-man villains that bendis clearly just had no plans for yeah and i think electro is one of them where he's like yeah he'll just be a kingpin henchman yeah yeah um or craven he'll, like, he'll just be like some celebrity dude <laughs> yeah that was such a weird arc with craven because yeah. like does he come back after that not really no wow <laughs> it, it was just bendis being like i don't have a plan for craven so here he is <laughs> i was at least half expecting i mean we'll get to that next week but like yeah you, yeah. you would think because like the one of the most famous Famous like Spider-Man stories this is a Craven story. You'd think he'd have some crazy tw- like th- that's a character you could do a lot of really cool twists on. Oh yeah, because even his current take is like kind of weird to wrap your head around. Yeah, so like, but yeah, I don't know. You could have done more with that character, but the run works without him. So. Totally, yeah. Uh, that'll be it for our Ultimate Spider-Man talk uh, for this episode. Um, like I mentioned, we did also uh, watch Spider-Man 2000, what was that? 2001. Uh, one. Uh, Sam Raimi. No, 2002. Might have been 2002. It was. I got it um, written down. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. Um, I've mainly, the main parts I've retained are the parts that lived on as memes. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> not, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look, it's the thing. Uh, no, that's such a, I like hate it kind of when like when you're watching old movies like that that are just like solidified or there's shots from it that are just like, <laughs> internet memes now. And you, you watch the movie and it happens live and like you don't have to point it out, but in your head you're like, like oh, oh it's it the is. green goblin butt. There it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's thick goblin. <laughs> <laughs> Which in the movie, I will say, like I'm surprised people found that as a screenshot for a meme because it it lasts for about a quarter of a it's second. It's like a half second, but also dummy thick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it left a, a it's big a impression. lasting memory for such a half of a frame. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, this movie follows, like we said, a lot of the opening beats from Ultimate Spider-Man, where he gets bit by the spider, uh, goes and uh, becomes a wrestler. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the costume, like the wrestler costume, is almost exactly the same. Yep. A cool cameo from uh, Bruce Campbell. Which yeah, I- and it's like the same kind of character from the comic too, where he's like the flashy, like hype man. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I because I don't think when, when the first time I watched this movie, there's no way I knew who Bruce Campbell was. So that cameo went over my head. Well, and and that scene is wearing like sunglasses and a hat, so it's almost even hard to recognize right. him. Right, uh, but once you do, I mean, you can like he's got a very distinct look. Oh, definitely. Um, and it, so I was like, oh, cool. Like he's in he's in a Sam Raimi movie. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Also, forgot that Ted Raimi plays uh, Jay Jonah's like assistant too. Oh, right. He's only in like a couple scenes, but like it's like oh there's ted raimi um toby mcguire in these movies is i think the definition of fine i literally that was the word i just had in my head because like (laughs) he's not like he's not holding the movie back necessarily no no but he's not really taking it anywhere either (laughs) no and i will say the last like the last act of that movie he definitely kills like like the whole every scene with goblin and everything like that but yeah the the first like two thirds of that movie, he just kind of not. He doesn't just like stand in, but like it's nothing that like is gonna like move you. Well, and <laughs> I don't know if this was part of like the direction or like part of what the character's supposed to be, but why did they have to make him so weird? They make him. Like, they went way overboard. <laughs> way over. He's like completely socially inept. He looks in like that. like he scares me. <laughs> Honestly, like if I if he was someone in real like MJ should have been like viciously afraid of him because anytime she'd say a word to him in the first twenty minutes, he literally would just stare and not say anything. And just like smile and like stare at her. <laughs> like, okay, goodbye. And, and like, yeah, I get, like you said, I don't know if that's direction or if that's just how Tobey Maguire played it. I don't know, but you can just have a, a lot character of appear are... nerdy and awkward, but also have them appear to be like nice, endearing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. endearing, or someone yeah. that like you feel safe around. Right, because <laughs> even shy people, once you like approach them and like get them talking, they'll usually be like, "Oh yeah, like someone's talking to me. Hooray!" Or like, yep. you know, I know I, I'm happy. I'm happy to talk to you. They don't have to be like. Hi. <laughs> yeah, and, ju- and just literally stare at you, not blinking, and just like have a weird open mouth smile. Yeah, that's playing it way too. Like, and if you're playing it for laughs, maybe, but like, not if you're trying to tell like a love story. <laughs> yeah, because we both were just busted laughing anytime. Because it'd be like a solid, like second and a half, two second shot of just silence and Peter Parker's like open mouth stare. <laughs> just like, but dude, what is happening? And then the final scene when Mary Jane's like, it turns out I love you with all my heart, and he just like stares at her for like two minutes, and he's like. I'm afraid I can't. <laughs> My life is too dangerous. And you'd never understand. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot He's about such that. Such an asshole. <laughs> I, yeah, and like, it makes sense for the character, I guess. But like, yeah, I, he kind of does just like total dick move her over in the but end. But you don't have to do that because even in Ultimate Spider-Man, that it, it's like the issue with they're in their room talking about it. That's the issue where he turns out he's Spider-Man. He even yep. tells her, he's like, this could get you hurt. This already yeah. almost did get you killed. Yep. Like, so if I'm going to tell you this, it, like it's at your own risk but he trusts her with it yeah like that would have been a great moment at the end it's like no now we trust each other like, yeah here's the here's the deal and that camera that happens in two right yeah it happens in two okay. but even then i think it's like by it's accident. too late and it's, it's way too late, too late at that point <laughs> it's like at that point you're like fuck you man why didn't you just tell me yeah we could have like avoided a lot of problems <laughs> you know, it's just so un- it's such a necessary drama yeah and yeah i, I think we talked about when, when we were watching it too but like 
because his main concern is like oh like any if like anyone finds out like who i am like the people i love will be in danger well it's like dude not every like huge arch villain is gonna be like your best friend's dad yeah who's gonna be at thanksgiving, <laughs> at thanksgiving dinner thanksgiving dinner which that's the be- only reason he got caught is because he was at thanksgiving with green goblin yep when is that ever gonna happen literally again, besides ten- the time when your teacher is gonna be the lizard and <laughs> not only that but 10 minutes after you just fought and yeah, like right. have a cut on your arm and that's the only way you get busted peter it'll never happen again aside from when your teacher is the lizard <laughs> and when your former co-worker is dr otto octavius yes. and uh, wait never mind it's all of them <laughs> <laughs> so yeah maybe he was right oh <laughs> uh, yes but um willem, Def- willem defoe though fucking puts on a p- the performance of a lifetime in this movie like i remembered him being legendary in that but dear lord it's like, so good there's never a scene where he just doesn't own it well he and, like he's the biggest star he, in the a- shot he absolutely knew what the assignment was which was horror oh yeah which is like not a direction that's probably like it's sam, sam raimi being there is what helps that a lot definitely he, he directed all the green goblin scenes as horror oh yeah like because the there could have been a lot of directors that could have been like well uh, maybe let, let's tone it down a bit but like sam raimi probably just let the reins loose and was like just do it yeah like you know what to do like it it, it he w- does a fantastic job of walking this line between like uh goofy and like legitimately scary oh be- yeah because you see like those moments like with just him like it like r- running from a, a voice in his house like a horror movie yep oh it's so good yeah no I, it's insane how good that fucking performance is yeah so it's it's unfortunate that he dies in that movie but i'm very fortunate that he's coming back yeah perhaps I mean, we'll see what they do with him and like how like hammy they're like, gonna allow him to be oh but. if they don't allow him to ham it up <laughs> that movie will be unforgivable oh yeah there better be a whole scene of him just being like listen here toby <laughs> <laughs> right we're back now let's, let me give you the pitch again yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> we could own this universe <laughs> or him going up to uh, uh the new spider-man being like listen here kid <laughs> i already Spider-Man tried this once <laughs> i'm trying <laughs> it with all of them <laughs> right um, what else was worth calling out in this movie? Oh, that that Thanksgiving scene. Uh, speaking of Willem Dafoe, oh, yeah. fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, everyone knows about like the whole Aunt May slapping his head and him like sharpening the flame while like smiling. <laughs> and uh, someone's uh, posted something on Twitter, like literally like the day after we watched it. That was like apparently when that movie came out, there was like sets of trading cards from the movie and one of the trading cards is like a like dangerous thanksgiving and it's just willem dafoe like <laughs> sharpening the knife it's like they literally made that a trading card that is fucking awesome <laughs> oh man but oh yeah, yeah okay, and i definitely don't remember maybe it's just uh like now because we know like what a freaking creep and asshole james franco is but like yeah he is horrible in that movie oh he's and the like worst. His, his character is such a dick <laughs> why why is anyone friends with him i know and like why would mj even be with him in the first place yeah wh- why would mj be with him why would peter be friends with him yeah he literally just like swooped in is like well you never made a move pete it's just like okay well, to be fair i mean that they don't necessarily we we're, we're told that they're friends but we don't actually like see them being friends i was gonna say and the only reason they're together is because they're roommates so yeah. technically we don't need to believe that one yeah that's maybe true. they don't like each other yeah like that would even be fine like they're just around each other because his dad gives him a place to stay yeah and i think it's but the mj one is hard to explain i guess maybe she's just like he's hot yeah <laughs> maybe that's all it is and rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely 
But I mean, and, and to be fair, she does leave him pretty quickly as soon as like things actually where he's like actually like throwing her in the mud. Oh yeah, and yeah, because that when Willem Dafoe like storms storms out of the Thanksgiving, he's like calling her like a harlot or whatever. Right. It's just like oh, like you'll throw her to the curb and get a new one or whatever. Yeah, like, that he, that one's really where it's like oh boy, you're done. Yeah, <laughs> and he like doesn't even say anything to defend her or, or nothing. That's a great scene though, because it does show you like the other side of Norman that like he's been hiding that he just oh, yeah. doesn't show you at Thanksgiving dinner. That's yeah, I'm fit. some one of a scientist myself. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not always like that. Um, but yeah, um, so I, I do really appreciate those aspects of Norman where you get to see like the the bad side of him, like the oh, corporate yeah. side. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, he's always showing you like, oh well, if you need a uh, need a place to go. Yeah, he's like, always the pitch man, uh, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. I respect that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, those scenes are pretty hilarious where he's just jerking Peter off off and like harry's just standing there like oh <laughs> he's like i wish my dad would compliment me yeah maybe if you weren't a little fucking dude. <laughs> right maybe weren't a little brat like maybe if you did something oh speaking of the thanksgiving dinner um is it weird that everyone calls may aunt may <laughs> <laughs> you pointed that out because yeah like even even uh green goblin or norman when he walks in he's just like sorry i'm late aunt may it's like why why norman why are you calling her aunt i may? could maybe maybe understand mary jane and harry calling yeah. her aunt because like peter does it so often and like they're his age so it's like she's like an aunt to them maybe yeah, and, like mj grew up next door so like that makes maybe. sense yeah <laughs> it's weird for norman to call her aunt may <laughs> that's honestly hilarious like it's it's definitely just like a character thing but yeah no that's that's a funny detail it's just because she is aunt may like that's her is if her, if she was a character in marvel her first name would be aunt and her last name would be may yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows maybe it is could be i don't know oh yeah so one thing it's like a uh i don't know how big of a debate is but i've always thought about so the scene where uh goblin busts into the bugle yeah and, he, and he's like trying to get jay jonah to tell him who the uh, photographer who is the yeah. photographer is so are you a person who believes that that's him being a good person and not trying to sell out peter to like put him in danger or is that him being greedy and not wanting to give up his source so he's the only one who gets the spider-man pictures that is a great <laughs> question because i've always thought it was like him it's like oh he's actually like a good guy like wouldn't sell out Pete. that was my first take yeah. but that might just be because i really want to like a jk simmons character right <laughs> <laughs> right but there's no other redeeming factors that's than jay jonah besides that's, that that's almost weirdly out of character although not always because yeah in, yeah. in a lot of Spider-Man comics, that is the thing where, like, he has this like very guarded, spiky outside. Yeah, but that's the, because the steel of, exterior with the heart of gold. But it's because yeah. he's like been burned before, and it's because like he has these problems with his son. And even in Ultimate Spider-Man, there's some really great issues between Peter and J. Jonah Jameson. I was gonna say, even the little that I've been into with uh, him and Peter have been pretty solid. Yeah, like, yeah, I I like his character in the comic. So I'd like to believe it's the first one, <laughs> but goddamn it, as soon as you said the second one, I was like, oh, that could be it. <laughs> that but then could again, be it. what what is his concerned that like green goblin's gonna like start getting the pictures from him no i think his concern would be that green goblin's just gonna kill the photographer oh and he wouldn't get yeah oh that's true yeah like peter would die but not he doesn't care that peter's dead he cares that no one else can pictures no one else can do that (laughs) damn yeah that's it's grim it's grim i i hate you for even (laughs) asking me that question i know i hate that i even thought of it because you're probably right with the second (laughs) one if i was a betting man and i just looked at j jonah jameson and like the way he acts and the way he talks i'd be like you know what i'd love to believe it's the former yeah but i'm gonna go ahead and put my money on the latter (laughs) especially like that version of j jonah yeah 
Because, like, yeah, he is very much, he's like, you know, he's all business. Yeah, so all I don't business. Know. But we never, I mean, is, is it all business or, like, dude, that's a human life, though. That could be different. True, yeah. So True. Because, you know, to, to put a human life at risk or to, like, have cold that above, um, you know, journalistic integrity. is different. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm going to continue to believe the former <laughs> because it's a J.K. Simmons character that I enjoy. Exactly. <laughs> and he is a legend. Um, but that'll be it for our Spider-Man discussion for this week. Uh, next week we'll be getting into, um, let's see how far we want to get in Ultimate Spider-Man, actually. Let's look ahead. How far have you read so far? Uh, I think I just finished where I'm like an issue after where he beats Doc Ock and Craven. Okay. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, no, he wins. <laughs> he wins against the villain. <laughs> you fiend. How could you tell me that? But yeah, so I think, actually, at the pace we're going... We're going to get pretty much to where I stopped reading. Yeah. Cause if, pretty close. Because we read 15 issues like effortlessly for this episode. Yeah. And even more. Yep. Um, that we could Yeah, I think I'm about. on like 22 or 23. Like, we could have easily talked about more. Yeah, but we were stopped because it started to get, get into Doc Ock stuff, which is going to yeah. be more relevant next week. Yep. Um, but yeah, let's take a look here because Spider Man 3, it's going to be hard to line that up with this book. <laughs> yeah, very much. <laughs> That's going to be pretty difficult. I'll tell you that right now. But incidentally, it might end up lining up with our Venom stuff. Let's see here. So we ended here at issue 15. No, sorry, 16. So we get it started issue 17 and go all the way to. Ooh, there's the Return of Green Goblin. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm just getting to. Let's go up to where the Venom symbiote gets introduced. I don't know if that's issue number 33 or if that's earlier. I, just, okay. I see Venom on the cover of 33, so I know it's at least then. Okay. Yeah, I was. It I might was be a little before then, though. Yeah, that makes <clears throat> sense. So let's let's cover uh, 15 to around the 30-ish. Okay. So we'll do the Doc Ock story and the Return at Green Goblin. Gotcha. And then whatever is after that. I don't know what's after that. But uh, that'll be it for uh, Spider-Man. We're going to do those issues of Ultimate next week, and then we're going to talk about Spider-Man 2. Yep. And then uh, the week after, uh, the episode after that, we'll be able to talk about the uh, the Venom arc, which might take us to around issue 50. Uh, there's like a Venom and Carnage kind of thing that goes on around then. Okay. And uh, then we'll talk about Spider-Man 3. Uh, to our uh, detriment, we'll have to watch that movie again. <laughs> It's not short either. It's not. It's not it's short. It's like two and a half it's, hours. It's going to be a thing. Yeah. So we're going to do that. And then around that time, that's going to be when Around From Home. Uh, around From Home. <laughs> what the hell is that movie called? Around No Way Home. No Way Home. <laughs> I, those. Why Why are they all home themed? So, <laughs> right. Whatever. Home. Either way. We're, we're going to watch Spider-Man uh, Into the, the Too Many People verse. <laughs> into the home. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But that'll be it. Join us next time for more Spider-Man. Oh, yes. <laughs>